Welcome to Why a Book podcast where we ask ourselves the question, why did they write this book and why did I read it? We will be asking that a lot today. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Renee. I'm Mary. Welcome to episode 13. In honor of the 13th episode, I'm going with the obvious choice of 13 days to midnight. That's the obvious choice. <laughs> We could have done 13 reasons why, but I I picked this book kind of for another reason. It's been a little too chummy and fun on this podcast lately. Oh, we've had, we've had, too, many good times. too many good times, too many lighthearted teen romance, like drama, like happy mermaids. Um, I need to take it down like 10 notches. Don't forget, well, I guess it's been a while. Since our scary and depressing episodes. Yeah, so I'm not going scary. I'm going, I'm back to the Renee's roots of what the fuck. Good. <laughs> so that's what we're in for today. So yes, the book is 13 Days to Midnight by Patrick Carmen. And it's really fitting because this book was definitely written by a man. And it's kind of goes in line with the conversations Mary and I have had recently about manga that's evidently written by a man versus a woman Mm. (laughs) and certain things. We've been talking about that? (laughs) Not on the podcast. We've had a deep conversation like twice in the past week. Really? <laughs> About Jujutsu guys and Naruto and Bleach. Oh, we multiple I forgot, times. I forgot about the uh, the theory that the author Jujutsu Kaisen yeah. author is a woman. Yes. Yes. But anyway, whoever whoever they are, they're too chaotic for this world. I love them for that. Okay. Well, so now we're going to get to the description of yeah. this book. You are indestructible. Three whispered words transfer an astonishing power to Jacob Fielding that changes everything. At first, Jacob is hesitant to use the power, unsure of its implications, but there's something addictive about testing the limits of fear. Then Ophelia Jones, (laughs) that's not her name. (laughs) Then Ophelia James, the beautiful and daring new girl in town, suggests that they use the power to do good to save others. But with every heroic act, the power grows into the specter of a curse. How to decide who lives and who dies. Not who tells your story, though. Is this Death Note? <laughs> Funny you say that. It has extreme Death it Note. It does. I, no, that- specifically, this has Death Note, the Netflix movie version. Vibes. I didn't see that. Well, because... Didn't they turn Misa into, like, yeah, some villain? Well, for <laughs> Death Note, the movie, spoilers. But <laughs> basically, instead of just regular Misa, like, she's, like, his sidekick, yeah. but not really. Like, it's implied she's the one running the, the show. mastermind, yeah. yeah. It's not good. Okay. Well, in this nail-biting novel of mystery and dark intrigue, Jacob must walk the razor-thin line between right and wrong, good and evil, in life and death. And time is running out, because the Grim Reaper doesn't disappear. He catches up. This is literally Death Note. This, one of my notes is this is just reverse power Death Note. Reverse power Death Note? He brings people back to life? We're going to get into this. He doesn't have the power to kill people. We'll just start off with that. Oh, okay. So the book starts at midnight. But it's 13 days to midnight. Spoiler, we're going to go, yep, that's me. Oh. (laughs) So, yep, that's Jacob 
staring at a dead body. Staring at the dead body, body before, before you. you. <laughs> he didn't. Jacob didn't kill him, but he didn't save him. He let him die because it was the right thing to do. Um, and I would just like to note that you don't get back to this point. You get to midnight at the end of the book, but this is not what happens at midnight at the end of the book. So I don't know what's happening here. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, Milo, it's like he's having a fever dream, but that doesn't happen in the, anywhere else in the book either. But Milo, his friend is there, and he, Milo spins some poetic musings about death coming for everyone one day, and Jacob tries to burn himself with a lighter to distract himself, but it doesn't do anything to him. Mm-hmm. And Jacob talks about how death is his specialty. Death is his enemy that he's come to love, and death is his best friend now. One day later. Okay. One day after midnight. So, like, one minute later? Or, like, one, 24 hours? One, one, day, what you, one minute. Well, like, if it's midnight, and then it's, it's a different a, day after midnight. Oh. It just says one day later, so I'm... Uh, I can't tell the you. Following midnight, like I'm confused here by the thirteenth. <laughs> Sometimes they give they give dates for most of the book and time periods, but oh, not here. Okay. So one day later, now we're cutting to a first person narrative, and uh, Jacob kind of puts out this hypothetical question. Uh, you know, if you could have one power, like what would it be? And he talks about how he always hates when people ask this like stupid icebreaker type question because most powers will hurt you or corrupt you if it's really only like one true power so he talks about how like if you get the power to fly then you're gonna have like probably you don't know how to control your flight you're gonna end up hurting or killing yourself probably power to like read minds that's just gonna end poorly for everyone involved you have to like every power leads to like a curse of sorts Mm -hmm. um and he, yeah, so he says that every power is cursed, and this is something he wished he knew 13 days ago. Uh, what happened? He says he killed a guy, maybe two, maybe three. He has just one power. I'm sorry, can you just give me the setting here? Like, where are we? Like, We are in Oregon in the, like, 2007-ish period. Like, is he a high school? Like, yes, okay. he, oh, he goes to what I believe is a Jesuit high school. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, we don't have that yet. We're having his musings right now. Okay. So, yes, what happened is he killed a guy, maybe two, maybe three. He has one power, so not the, like, I, because he talked about if, I, if you want to have flight, you can have flight and something else. But, no, he just has the one power that he discovers turns into a curse. Mm-hmm. And he met a girl. And that changed everything, as it always does. And if you couldn't tell by the name Ophelia, she is a manic pixie dream girl. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Ophelia. Anyway, now we go back to 13 days before midnight, 13 days to midnight. Okay. So it's 13 days to midnight, and it's 8, 12 a.m. on October the 8th. There's your date and time. Okay. Jacob Fielding shows up to Holy Cross High School shortly after morning bell has gone off um, because he's not sure if he actually wants to go to school. He didn't want to be there at the same time everyone else arriving. He talks about how the school is run down, like the build physically run down, like l- barely st- any students enrolled. They're 
all like all the students are jumping ship to this like really new nice uh, public high school nearby. They only have like 137 students left at Holy Cross. And Miss Pine, the English teacher who's like a wannabe novelist, shows up and she talks to Jacob. And it you don't get a lot of details, but what you do find out is that something happened to Mr. Fielding, who it implies it's his father, and clearly something bad happened to him. And uh, Miss Pine asks if Father Tim is coming back to school today. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't know if her own boss is coming back to to the school. She has to ask a student that. And Father Tim was out of town trying to convince the bishop to give the school money. Uh, and you, this is when you find out that Mr. Fielding uh, is Jacob's foster dad, who recently passed away, and he was not married and there was like no other relatives and Jacob's like and what was most complicated about this matter is that I loved him a lot so (laughs) that's he's not doing well yeah um and Jacob was with him in the car when he died but managed to survive so Miss uh Miss Pine goes in and she's like you know I know you're going through all this stuff like if you're coming to class like hurry up at some point or just go home whatever <laughs> and so who rolls in but milo coffin his best friend and uh milo mocks him for his perfect uniform because milo is your edgy alt guy with piercings eyeliner he finds ways to break the school dress code like not wearing shoelaces <laughs> wow cool like does he duct tape his shoes to his feet like <laughs> it's really unclear um <laughs> And Milo's just like, hey, why haven't you been responding to my texts all week? That's pretty lame of you. Uh, And Jacob's just like, uh, my dad died. (laughs) 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 Sorry? Uh, Milo's just like, like, he was kind of being an asshole, but he was like, I actually was just really worried about you. And I was worried because you weren't texting me. Um, And clearly, he's just a teen boy that doesn't know how to deal with emotions. (laughs) That's Milo. (laughs) I mean, listen, this is also the age of texts cost you 10 cents. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this, and then this is when we find... Want to take that again? And this is when we find out why uh, the teacher asked Jacob about Father Tim. Jacob has been living in the church house, like the priest home, mm-hmm. since he has nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And Milo mentions that that's literally... Like, this is, You just find that out then. It has nothing to do with what's currently happening. Because okay. then Milo mentions a new girl started this past week. Um, and she's really amazing like Jacob needs to meet her and she Milo like gestures to his car and the new girl's hat and longboard are in the back seat and so Jacob makes a reference like oh clearly you've already made the move on this girl he's like no 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 bro it's not like that she's just chill okay (laughs) and Milo's like you shouldn't cut class today because I'm gonna introduce you to the new girl and she has something for you and Jacob's like I've never fucking met this girl what do you mean she has something for me Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is when we find out that her name is Ophelia and so the two of them go to school uh, and they go to Mr. D's science class and if you text in Mr. D's class he will take your phone keep it for a week and any text you get he will text back shut your pocket to whoever texted you. That sounds like my um, senior year econ teacher. He was very... Anti-phone? He was very intense. Okay. Well, that's what Mr. D does. Um, And so then... Oh, there's this obnoxious classmate named Ethan who just 
will not stop challenging Jacob to play him in tennis. He just keeps coming up to him in class after class, and he's just like, me and you, get your racket on the court right now. We got to have a rematch. Like, this kid is just so obsessed with playing Jacob in tennis because he was undefeated. I guess he just challenges his classmates all the time, and this does feel like an anime plot line. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like the plot line for, like, the first episode of a sports anime yes <laughs> um and jacob defeated him when he first started school here uh and so ethan needs a rematch because of his precious ego <laughs> he's so obnoxious but he actually plays a crucial role in the story uh, other classmates talk about the new girl and they're like oh yeah like that ophelia girl's really unapproachable like she only talks to milo like sure she's cute but like She's only hanging out with the weird kid. <laughs> and Milo mentions that they met each other at Eddie's, uh, the local thrift store. So Jacob's like, oh, God, so she's goth. If she shops at Eddie's, she's got to be just totally goth. He's like, no, 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 she's not like that. And this is when Ophelia shows up. California, bleach blonde, cute face, no makeup, naturally pretty, has all the curves in all the right places. Yes, this was written by a man. This was written by a man. Literally, one of the lines when Jacob first sees her is he's like, the only reason you would stop staring at her boobs is to stare at her ass when she walks away, and I don't. Well, first of all, you can't physically stare at her boobs. If she's walking walking away, away. yeah. And I was just like, this was written by a man. Yeah. I truly wouldn't be surprised if this turned out to be one of the inspirations for the Netflix death movie, (laughs) though. Because when you were first describing, like, the initial scene, I mean... Most of this setup is not the same, but something about it is just too similar in my mind. I haven't seen that movie since it came out, and I will not no. watch it again. <laughs> I didn't watch it. All I no. know is my my man, my man was in it. William Defoe. He was the only. He was in it. He was the. I mean, I don't know how they got him in it. How much money did Netflix? He was drop the on only that? one who could have played Ryuk. <laughs> Only white man who could have played for you. Well, if they ever bring back Death Note on Broadway. Let's not even go there. Let's let's change the subject. I'm not ready. I am. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. Anyway, Ophelia also has these really light, pretty hazel eyes. Like, he's never seen this shade of light hazel before. Okay. And the first thing uh, she does is she asks him to sign her bright pink cast on her arm and no one else has signed it yet and she was like uh, I figured I'd give you the honor because I heard your dad died so I haven't let anyone else sign wow. it what an honor Yup. and then she establishes that they both love the weird cheese covered hoagies they're sa- serving for lunch and they go with Milo to Milo's car and- wait how does she know that she likes the hoagies they already ate lunch? They're, they serve them. Lunch? They're getting lunch now, but it's oh, something okay. they serve frequently. But, like like how, but she's new. How would she she's know? She's been there for a week. Oh. She's had a week to try the hoagies. Right. I forgot. There it's not her a... first day right. now. Got it. She's been there for a week. Got it. So they eat lunch in Milo's car, and Milo mentions that Jacob hasn't cursed for almost 100 days. Um, and... Jacob mentions that his, like, foster dad said something about, like, he'd been, like, cursing, so, like, he actively tried not to, and he wants to keep it going, like, in his memory, so he doesn't curse. Milo always just tries to find ways to make him swear, and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Um, and he asks Ophelia how she broke her arm, and she said it was from concrete surfing. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, she's a longboarder. Um, Skate the Infinity, though. Yeah, like, <laughs> she would be a Skate the Infinity character. I'm not ready to, to unpack all of that yet. No. So she's like, come on, you decide my cast. And so he's trying to think of something cool and like something that one day when they're married and have kids, when she tells them the story, it'll be a memorable story to tell. So what he writes on the cast is, you are indestructible. And then signs it, J. And she's like, good work, kid. I like it. Oh, my God. And this is when in his inner monologue, you find out those were the last words Mr. Fielding said right before their car hit a giant tree at 60 miles an hour. Oh. And then next chapter is labeled 15 years in five minutes flat. It's his backstory. Never knew his dad. He was in prison and then OD'd and died one day. Barely remembers his mom. One of his, like, earliest memories was eating ice cream and getting taken away to foster care. And he just went back and forth to, to horrible foster care situations until 16 months ago, which is when he met Mr. Fielding, who was looked like he was somewhere in his 40s or 50s. He describes him as a man's man. He always smelled like pipe tobacco. Cool. And the first thing Mr. Fielding said when he met Jacob was, you wouldn't by any chance be a connoisseur of the perfect breakfast, which what a like. Anytime I meet someone, that's what I'm going to say to them. You wouldn't happen to be a breakfast connoisseur. Which would be, uh, well, never mind. I was going to say that would be a good, like, dating app line, but it implies, like, staying the night over. Mm, no. <laughs> <It could. laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and this was the start of their tradition of Monday mornings just driving around the uh, Pacific coast, like looking for fun little breakfast spots. And it was just like the way they bonded together. Isn't that just really sweet? Yeah. Um, and then that's also ultimately how he died. <laughs> and one day on these car rides, Mr. Fielding turns to him and goes, have you got any ideas about the Catholics? <laughs> and uh, Jacob goes, um, they invented the Pope and the and racquetball, and they're very old. The Catholics invented racquetball? I forgot to Google this. Please hold. Who invented racquetball? I don't know if that's, that's true. Who is Joseph Sobek? Because he invented it. Was he Catholic? He's American. It doesn't say. I <gasps> guess. Wow. Fact check. Did Catholics invent racquetball? Um. Okay. It was invented at the YMCA. So I guess technically, yeah. Because the C... Wow. Was the C Catholic or Christian, actually? Young men's cat Christian? Christian. Oh, they might not have been. <laughs> Damn. We can neither confirm nor deny this. That's rough. That's rough. Anyway, uh, this is when Mr. Fielding mentioned that his friend, Father Tim, runs Holy Cross. So um, he offers, you know, to have Jacob go there for school. And he he's like, look, kid, if you at least try the school for a week, I'll let you drive uh, the car. And uh, so he agrees and he ends up sticking with the school. 
Oh. So now we go to 12 days to midnight. It is October 9th at 3 p.m. And Ethan is still harassing him for a tennis match. Like, he will not quit. It's so fucking annoying. And we find out that Ethan drives a Mini Cooper and the girls are attracted to him and he's rich. Don't be attracted to a man who drives a Mini Cooper. <laughs> but he makes it seem like that's like a really like, he's like, yeah, this cool, the cool kid with the Mini Cooper. No. Maybe that's how people are like in Oregon. I don't think so. No. Uh, then we find out more about Ophelia. Um, we find out that she loves the Nightmare Before Christmas because of oh, course she does. Oh my god, no. Uh-huh. I don't like that movie. No, I don't either. <laughs> Come at us. I don't care. I hate that movie. It's not I'll say good. it. I hate that movie. It's not good. So anyway, they're chilling after school and Ophelia wants to try like longboarding like bullshit. So she gets on her board and like hangs onto the back of Milo's car while he and Jacob are driving in it. And she has Milo hit the brake so she'll propel forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but she like hits a pebble or something. And so she... Breaks the other arm. Worse. She goes tumbling hard and fast into the pavement um, that it, Jacob thinks she might be dead or near death because it's a horrifying accident. Mm. But she's somehow perfectly okay. Jacob is shocked. Ophelia is confused. Jacob is anxious and confused, so he leaves. Mm-hmm. Father Tim calls from Seattle, offers him a cigarette because Father Frank, who's cooking dinner that night, is a horrible cook. And Father Tim goes, the cigarettes make it better. <laughs> okay. I can't think of any meal that would be improved. He's like, it, it, it dulls cigarette. the taste. <laughs> mm, I guess. It burns your throat a little bit. Yeah. So, wise words from a priest who I'm convinced is a Jesuit. <laughs> Not just from this, but from later conversations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jacob has this habit of playing with a lighter that... um. Mr. Fielding left for him, just a Zippo lighter that he always plays with. So Father Tim's just like, hey, don't burn the place down while I'm away. (laughs) He's like, "Ah, I guess I'll try not to. Jacob then meets up with O and Milo to study at the bookstore that Milo's parents own. Um, They get to use it, like, go in there after hours for a study space. It's called Coffin's Books or something like that. Um, Anyway, O confronts Jacob about the accident. She's like, why did you like run off? And she's she's confused because she's never fallen that hard. And even when she has small falls, she always at least scrapes herself and like gets bruised. But none of that happened. And Jacob goes, I think I know why uh, you don't have even a scratch or a bruise. And he explains that when uh, cops shut the fuck up. What? Do you got I, an emergency? I doubt you need the siren on. <laughs> So uh, Jacob explains that when Mr. Fielding and uh, he were in the car and they crash, Mr. Fielding said to Jacob, you are indestructible. And Jacob then demonstrates what has happened since then. And he holds up the lighter to his skin and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Like he's trying to like burn himself and it should be happening, but it's not. And he doesn't even feel it. Mm -hmm. And so Jacob thinks that Mr. Fielding transferred some kind of power to him because um, he didn't even have a scratch from the accident. And so he thinks Jacob's like, I must have temporarily passed it to Ophelia and that's why she's okay. And Milo just thinks he's insane. And Ophelia takes the lighter to try it on herself and it hurts her. 
And Jacob says that he took the power back accidentally. He, like, after the whole incident, thought to himself, I am indestructible. And he said he could feel the power come back into him. And they test giving the the, the power to Milo, and it works. Like, he tries the lighter and doesn't feel anything. So they're all, like, confused and, like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. We're now at 11 days to midnight. Mm-hmm. Jacob wants to ask Ophelia out on a date. That is his priority right now. Okay. Yep. Father Tim is back and teaching either philosophy or theology, I forget. Uh, And he asks them, who is going to hell? And they start talking about whether Mr. Bojangles, the resident fat orange cat who likes to bite people, is he going to hell? And a lot of the students are like, I think so. And someone's like, can cats even go to hell? (laughs) And they have this whole conversation. And Jacob starts wondering about mortality uh, because he's like, wait, like, can I even die? Like, what's what am I like immortal? And so he's freaking out. And they start talking about, because they're talking about, like, well, why wouldn't cat people go to hell? And, like, what what's the difference between cats attacking someone and a human, like, committing murder? And they're like, well, humans have conscience. And so the priest goes on this whole monologue, and he he's like, if hell exists. And they're all like, wait, what? Did a priest just say hell might not exist? And that's when I was just like, oh, it's a Jesuit. <laughs> he's a Jesuit. <laughs> Yeah, and so he goes on, and basically the thesis of his monologue is either God saves everyone or God saves no one. Hmm. Yeah. Jacob starts wondering how much Mr. Fielding told Father Tim about this power because he knew they were really good friends. And he's like, is this, like, pointed at me? Like, is he specifically talking at me? He's uh, he's going through something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, and Ethan's still bothering him about this tennis match and all that, and so they get in a fight, and then Ethan's like, you know what? This school's as good as shut down. I'm transferring to the public school. And you, you're, y'all you suck. Anyone who stays here is fucking gay. And his girlfriend throws his tennis racket into the parking lot. And she's like, then leave. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. And so Milo, Jacob, and O then meet up to talk about the power. And O decides that they should use the... I think I met, forgot to mention it, but everyone calls her O. That's fine. Yeah, that's like her nickname. And they make a whole deal. And she's like, don't call me Ophelia. I could, I could probably write a whole paper about this author's decision to call her Ophelia, but we won't get into that, at least just yet. <laughs> so O decides that they should use the word diamond and like the symbol, like a little argyle diamond symbol as the code word and the for power um and she has like this whole poetic reason for it that doesn't matter about only diamonds cutting diamonds mm-hmm. so they start listing what they know and what they don't know so they're wondering like where does the power come from if jacob gives the power to o can o then give it to milo um should they keep it a secret is there a kryptonite? Is this a dream? Can you drown? What isn't Jacob telling the others? And Jacob's like, I literally told you everything I know. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and then Ophelia kisses Jacob on in the cheek. And Milo's like, oh, there goes our love triangle. It's over for me. <laughs> oh, my God. And so they decide to test the power by having Jacob pass it to Ophelia. And Ophelia stands in front of a pitching machine at the local batting cage. And they just start <laughs> pitching the balls at her. And she's fine. Mm-hmm. So she starts tracking every time they use it in, like, her little notebook, and she thinks it's absolutely thrilling. Like, she gets a rush from this whole experience. Mm-hmm. 
She was at the exhilarating start of a deadly habit that would eventually eat us alive, is what Jacob says. This is literally Death Note, the movie. Like, this is literally what happens. I have to, do I have to watch it? No, don't okay. watch it. It's not good. Oh, I wish I had dressed for this. But anyway, at least we have you. So Jacob and O ride together on the longboard and they kiss, kiss, catch these hands. No, they don't catch hands yet. They're not, they're not at the hand holding stage. Well, hand, no, <laughs> just kissing on a longboard, hmm. which I mean, we do know two people can be on a skateboard at the same time. Don't we, Mary? Let's not. Let's not go. <laughs> Let's there. change the subject. Oh my god. We're now at ten days to midnight. Don't worry. It it, it picks up pace. <laughs> the beginning's not good. <laughs> it never is. No. So Jacob asks O on a date to the coast. Um, but she can't go because it turns out her parents are divorced and she has to go to her dad's for the weekend. And then O's like, Oh, but you know, we should bring Milo and we like go to the coast. And then they have this exchange. Ophelia says, so you want to date me? Jacob, you kiss me first. Ophelia, you make me feel safe. So this is how, like, the teens are texting. Yeah, no. And then Jacob remembers that uh, Mr. Fielding once told him about this spot on the coast that uh, if anything should ever happen to Mr. Fielding, Jacob should return to that spot. Mm-hmm. And Jacob reveals he tried shooting himself in the foot because the priests own a gun. That's good. And nothing happened. And then O mentions that they should try using the power to save people, like how Mr. Fielding saved Jacob. Um, and so they decide to test if the power can be passed to people Jacob doesn't like because they're like maybe you have to have this like you know some kind of connection to them so there's this classmate that he finds obnoxious um and they pass it to her and Milo goes up and like just starts poking her in the stomach really hard (laughs) and she doesn't feel it and so then they try to do another test and Jacob passed the power to Milo and he tries to pass it on to Ethan's girlfriend um, but it doesn't work so she gets pissed off because he just starts jabbing her in the stomach <laughs> uh, this will become a crucial plot point oh this is like this This has a huge implication for the book oh it shouldn't but it does <laughs> And then, so Jacob takes the power back because he can't bear being without it for long. Like, he feels like he needs it back whenever he gives it away. Mm-hmm. And so then they decide to, they should do a long-distance uh, test later. So Jacob and Milo are hanging out in their car somewhere, and Jacob sends the power to O when she's, like, home alone. Uh-oh. She's, like, home alone, and she's like, nowhere near them. Um, and so she's going to hit herself with a hammer to see if it works. So Ethan shows up to Milo's car with his new friend, Boone. Okay. Boone. Which I, I'm pretty sure that, that, yeah, that was the name of the character in Scream Queens. It was Nick Jonas's character. Because there's a point where, like, he fakes his death. And so he shows up again. And one of the characters goes, it's the ghost of dead gay Boone. <laughs> Just, oh, my gosh. Oh, I think of. Anyway, but this Boone is, like, he's pretty jagged. And he's, like, let's be, these are the... These are the gay guys that were, you know, you were telling me, like, 2000s, you need to insult someone, call them gay. And nowadays, call them straight. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Jen. That's so true. <laughs> it's so true. We've come full. We've really turned it around. Yeah. Like, you really try and insult them. Tell them they are a straight man. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, Milo's like, dude, we need the power bag. Like, these two guys are here to fuck shit up. But Jacob can't get... Ophelia to like pick up her phone to tell them if like you know she's in the middle of trying to hurt herself or something so he doesn't want to take the power away because like what if something happens to her but luckily um Ophelia finally gets back to them before any of them can get hurt so Jacob passes Milo the power so Ethan and Boone try to beat the shit out of him but it doesn't work so they're like really they're like freaked out and they're like what the fuck and now they're pissed off but they leave Mm -hmm. but they're pissed off and like clearly Jacob's worried that this is going to escalate all because Milo jabbed Ethan's girlfriend in the stomach a few times and maybe because of the tennis match who knows Mm -hmm. Um, and then Ophelia reveals that she actually rode her board off the roof and she was fine oh and they meet up later at the mall and they get to meet Ophelia's overprotective mom and then they go to the bookstore, uh, and Milo's dad, Mr. Coffin, is there, and he gives this whole monologue about how he changed his name from Coughlin to Coffin and how it fits because they're this bookstore for, like, sci-fi, fantasy, and they collect all these really weird, like, like disturbing artifacts. Mm-hmm. Like, a Zach Bagans type thing. So not all haunted, but, like, he has, like, medieval armor and, like, Hoots, like things that like used to belong the to Houdini. Brothers. Yes, like the property brothers in their armor. If you didn't know, Jonathan Scott likes to walk around in his collected armor, suit, whole suits of armor. Yep. So yeah, so they're they're like an eclectic bookstore. Um, they do really well with the witches of Bushwick nowadays. I think. Yeah, there's that witches shop on the way to the L train. That. Yeah, I walk by that all the time. Anyway, uh, Mr. Coffin mentions that he was doing work for Mr. Fielding before he passed away, like, a long for a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Fielding was always looking for these really specific items from certain dates. It was books and other things. And he was looking for, like, notes and drawings and items related to magicians, these, like, dangerous props that, like, didn't work for the magicians back in the day. And he mentions that there was something locked in a box that Mr. Fielding wanted, but uh, Mr. Coffin could never get the box unlocked. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Fielding s- said that he would not pay if the box was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, he, Mr. Coffin could never just, like, break open the box because he was like, I wasn't going to get paid if I did that. So we never found out what was inside. And he was like, I've always wondered. So I don't know if, like, if you know where the box is, like, Father Tim might know where it is. Um, Jacob's like, oh yeah, I mean, I'll keep an eye out for it. I've never seen it, but I'll I'll see if I can find it in his possessions. Um, and so then J- Jacob goes to meet up with Milo and O in their study space, and he's just like, we need to be careful about Ethan and Boone. Like those guys are unhinged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to share really quick. A guy just rode by on a bike that had like a basket, like it was a whole bike with a built-in basket that had a whole black lab sitting in it. I love that. It was really nice. I love that. Carry on. (laughs) Carry on my way. (laughs) That play that worked today. I can't take that song seriously. Anyone who can take that song seriously 
has never seen a single episode. For some reason, we were playing oldies today. It was not. It's a good song, but it's just it triggers an entire fandom. Yeah. You can tell I if I had to learn anything about people in a room, what I would do is play that song, and I'd learn everything I need to know about people. That's a bold statement. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Ophelia mentions that uh, part of why she needed the power for so long when they were almost getting beat up was she tried drowning herself in (laughs) the kitchen sink. Oh. And it didn't work. Uh, And Jacob is really nervous because he's like, look, like, what if I had taken the power back and I didn't know what you were doing? Like, you could have died. We shouldn't be doing, like, playing around with it like this. But Ophelia loves the thrill. She's literally that girl from Death Note, the movie. Like, I'm not over it. (laughs) I feel like we found their source material. Well, so I went on the wiki page. I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if they were like, a point of inspiration was this Yeah. It's not. But everything about... So basically, this girl that they made for the movie... She's not even Misa? Like, it's literally... No, her name is Mia. Right, she's because it's whitewashed. She's but not she's based me. on Misa. They, uh, they did my girl dirty. No, what they did was they were like, let's separate Light's character into two characters. Right. And we'll put all the sociopathic qualities into this girl character. So that's her. So he just randomly shows her the death note because he mm-hmm. has a crush on her or something. And then she's the one who's like, yes, let's be gods. And then I think she dies. Yes, that much I know. Yeah. Well, Sorry for the death note, the movie spoilers. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway. You watch it anyway, so. Don't watch it. Um, Don't watch the Full Metal Alchemist live action either. Yeah, there's very few live actions that are worth watching. Bleach was surprisingly the best. I've heard the Gintama live action is good, but I haven't watched it. The Prince of Tennis live action Chinese TV show? That was great. (laughs) Anyway. Specifically Netflix produced anime live action movies, though. Yeah. I don't think Bleach was produced by Netflix, but I enjoyed that one. Okay, only watch the Full Metal Alchemist live action if you watch the dub because it's so bad. Literally, oh my it God, sounds I like some certain characters recorded in, in the closet. closet. Like, worse than this podcast. Did quality. they get Vic for that? Yes. Was that, that was pre Yes, it sounded. Yes. Okay. I think it was like it was right either before. right before, like right around that time. Okay. But he was one of the he ones in the closet. closet. Like, he was in the closet. Uh, back to the book we're already more than halfway through my notes so that's how this plot is that's good so Ophelia has a police scanner and she wants to try helping people a la like vigilantes Mm -hmm. Uh, and Jacob freaks out and doesn't want to do it but she loves this thrill and she reveals that the reason she and her mom moved so suddenly and like in the middle of the school year was to get away from her mom's a boyfriend who never actually um, physically assaulted them, but it was like very walking on eggshells, and they knew if they didn't get out, then bad things were going to happen. And so Mm -hmm. they fled in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And so Ophelia says she has never felt safe at home until the power happened. Mm -hmm. And Jacob is in love with this girl, so he agrees to her vigilante plan. Same thing in Death Note. Mm-hmm. And then Milo's like, wait, we haven't shown Ophelia the Eisengram yet. 
So what? The Eisengrim. I S E N G R I M. Eisengrim. No matter how much you say it. <laughs> so they go to the basement of the bookstore, and there's all these weird things, like balls and chains. Like it looks like a weird. It's like a weird. Um, Oh, shit, what's that museum? Like, the Museum of Death in Los Angeles. I've never been to, but people talk about it a lot. I've never been to it either. I've never been to California. <laughs> I've been to California but when I was 12. Yeah, anyway. So it's, like, a lot of weird um, things. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, <laughs> just right. strange collections of creepy, unsettling mm-hmm. old things. Okay. And in the middle of the room is what is evidently an electric device and they describe its appearance and it looks just like the torture device in Princess Bride <laughs> it looks just like it like the table with like the straps and like the little connect literally that's talk a- about a movie we should watch talk about a movie we should watch that's on Hulu yes oh, love that movie uh, and Milo reveals that this was something Houdini was working on right before he died he saw the Princess Bride was inspired. <laughs> Houdini in 1920. Yes. 1926. Yes. Saw the Princess Bride. He saw the movie adaptation of the book. Yes. The 1978 or whatever print movie. Yes. Adaptation. Yes, that's what ha- that's canon. Wait, did you, did you say the movie came out in 1978? When did the movie come out? <laughs> like the 90s. Oh. How old do you think Carrie Elwes is? I made up a year. I was thinking about Star Wars. Like, I don't even know in the book. I, I said that, and I was like, no, Fred Savage's brother was not that old. Well, I think it was the 80s, actually, when the movie came out. Yeah, the, the book 80s. was... was okay, I had a dyslexic moment. <laughs> It was 87. Okay. <laughs> That's what caught me Well, up. the book came out in 1973. <laughs> so, I had a dis- I don't have dyslexia. <laughs> but in my- I knew the year, and I just got it wrong. Anyway. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he- I thought you were going for the book when you said 1978. Yeah. Anyway, was- let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> um... Milo's dad built it using blue plant blue blueprints? Blue blueprints. <laughs> blue <laughs> oh my god. Blueprints. And um Jacob's like, I feel like Mr. Fielding was involved in this because I just found out that he was always here like having your dad find things for him. And Milo's like, that doesn't surprise me. I did see him here a lot. Anyway, nine days to midnight. Mm-hmm. It's now Friday at 2 a.m. Ophelia calls frantically. There's a fire in her apartment building. It's bad. She needs the power. So Jacob passes the power, and he gets Father Tim to drive him there to make sure she's okay. Uh, Milo texts. He's like, do I need the power right now? But Jacob doesn't know if Ophelia's okay because he's not at the apartment yet. He, like, can't see her. Um, And what happens is Milo got beat up by Ethan and Boone. Um, because they came to Milo's house and were, like, fucking with his car, so he went out to confront them, so they, like, jumped him. Mm-hmm. And, um, Milo's pissed off and wants to, like, get back at Ethan and Boone, and this is what breaks Jacob. He finally, he finally curses after, like, over a hundred days mm-hmm. of not cursing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he finally hit his breaking, Jacob has hit his breaking point. What did he say? 
ass. <gasps> no. I missed that originally when I read it, and I thought they were referring to frickin' as a, like, freaking as, like, a, a swear, and I was like, that's not a curse, and I read the, like, next line. I was like, oh, he called him an ass. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Ophelia managed to save a woman from the fire and a cat. The cat? Yes. And um, Father Tim's like, oh, I wonder if the cat started the fire. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because it's like clawing at like it's like an old building. He's like, maybe you clawed at something. Anyway, Father Tim's like, huh. Anyway, I suspect the cat. <laughs> so Jacob starts talking to Father Tim to figure out how much he knows about the power without saying anything that implies he has the power. Mm-hmm. And he asks about like if he was keeping any secrets about Mr. Fielding. And Father Tim goes, you know, secret keeping kind of comes with my job. Being a priest? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, confession. Yeah, I forgot that was a thing. So, class happens at school the next day, or like that day, and Jacob gets detention um, for leaving class because O was all frantic and like, you need to pass your power to this girl, like, come here quick. Um, and then he also gets his phone confiscated for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so Ophelia's out of town this weekend, um, but he won't be able to talk to her. Turns out the girl he passed the f- power to that Ophelia was, like, freaking out about is this paraglider who got in an accident and, like, washed out to sea. But because she had the power, she survived. Hmm. Now we're at eight days to midnight. O is out of town for the weekend. Father Tim is very suspicious about the fire incident. I don't think he... I don't think he, uh... Thinks it's the cat anymore. And he's also confused about how Ophelia, um was unharmed like he's really he's like how did that girl not even cough once when she left this burning building that was like up in flames and smoke Uh everywhere like not a scratch no smoke inhalation problem Mm -hmm. and jacob's freaked out because he's like how much does he know um and so he jacob asks what he like about his past with mr fielding and father tim says he knew him on and off for 20 years mr fielding would travel and go mia a lot and like go out abroad and come back and sound like he picked up the accent while he was gone and he says that Mr. Fielding never went to him for confession but sometimes a person will share mistakes more openly with a friend than with a priest Jacob's like hmm that's suspicious okay that comes back later it's not really that important but it comes back later Mm -hmm. and Jacob's convinced Father Tim knows something that and is playing with him he's like this priest is playing mind games oh my god (laughs) He goes, so Jacob goes, is there something you're not telling me? <laughs> Father Tim goes, yes, and hands him a can of lighter fluid for the Zippo lighter that he, Mr. Fielding left him. He's like, yeah, I, I I forgot to give this to you. Oh, my God. And Father Tim tells Jacob that no one lives forever, so O should be careful. And that Mr. Fielding used to say that he thought he might live forever, and look what happened to him. Hmm. And Jacob talks to him about, like, the class discussion about hell and is hell real. And Father Tim says that faith never stays put. It's always challenging, always questioning. That's what makes it real. And uh, that's another peak Jesuit thing to say. This man is a Jesuit. (laughs) You cannot convince me otherwise. And so Jacob starts wondering why God would let him have this power. And then the next chapter is seven, six, five, four days to midnight. Wow, time skip. Um, that's what I thought, and then I realized that no, like they just go through all four days basically. You do skip like one day, but this chapter is just long. So school on Monday, and O is back, and she looks exhausted. 
Um, and they have like these cute flirty moments that kind of make me sick. And then O explains that she's upset because she brought the police scanner with her to her dad's house. And so she was listening to all the things going on um, that they could have stopped if uh, she had been able to get the power from Jacob. And uh, Jacob is like, sorry, my phone was just confiscated for the weekend by Miss Pine. And she's like, yeah, 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 don't worry. Milo told me about that. But, you know, I'm still upset. Like, we could have been saving so many people. And she said that she tried to contact him through Milo about, like, names of people to help. But Milo didn't pass the messages on. And and she goes, he's not as committed as we are. And then she also tells him, you left me without protection. This girl is toxic. Yeah. This girl is toxic. Anyway, I don't like her. Um, And later they try to stop a man from having a heart attack, but it was too late because the heart attack had started. So he died and the power came back to Jacob. And Jacob freaks out because he thinks he might have killed the man because the time the power came back to him was three minutes before the guy was, um, like, the guy's death was announced. So he's like, did I did did I kill him by the power coming back to me? Like I didn't consciously call the power back, but like, mm-hmm. did I do this? And they're like, no, like that's definitely not what happened. He was already having a heart attack. Um, and what we know is that the power protects, but it doesn't heal. Mm-hmm. And Jacob realizes that the power is feeling stronger, and and in terms of how he. Th- like needs it and like when it comes back into this his body it's like horrifying like clawing feeling but like he he, like kind of needs it Mm -hmm. so um they continue to struggle finding people they can save because a lot of times there aren't those like crazy like paragliding accident emergencies and it's more like heart attacks and things that they can't do much about Mm -hmm. um and the tension between oh and milo is growing because Oh, is like you're not taking this as seriously as like we are. Like you're not really in this saving people thing. And O wants to constantly do more, and Jacob wants to take it slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says they were turning into the couple no one wants her to be around. And they've known each other for about a week at this point. Yeah, I mean, thirteen days to midnight. We're on what day? What? This is somewhere in the span of seven through four. Yeah, so they they've known each other for like five days. Yeah. And they've already fallen in love and are falling out of love because of... <laughs> Sounds like a high school relationship. <laughs> yeah. And O seems upset that there aren't people in dangerous situations needing saving. Like, she's so upset that horrible things aren't happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time Jacob gives someone the power, it's harder for him to, like, let go of it. Mm-hmm. It's something he feels he needs to just keep on him. And he says he al- is also having Catholic guilt about the whole thing. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Which he's been a Catholic for all. Like, he's not even a Catholic. He's been a Catholic school student for all of, like, eight months. (laughs) Um, That's how powerful Catholic guilt is. Apparently. And then he says, Wednesday was the first time he killed a guy. So he had given the power to one of these two hikers that had gone missing after the storm rolled in. Mm-hmm. And then a hostage situation unfolded at the same time at a bank. And Ophelia is like, oh, like, there's this this guy, this hostage needs the power, but they're, they've already given it to the hiker and they don't know what the status is on that hiker. So they don't know, like, if they take the power away, if he's going to be safe. Mm-hmm. And Ophelia says that they should protect whoever Jacob thinks 
is more likely to be killed, but they establish they don't know the situations enough to know Mm -hmm. who's going to die. So she says they need to consider who deserves to live more. Hmm. So this is when I was just like, oh, we're getting into some death note. (laughs) Who are you killing? (laughs) Situations over here. Mm -hmm. Yup. And Milo goes, you're getting a god complex. (laughs) Big death note vibes. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, no one called out (laughs) light on his... uh... Well, the only one... (laughs) He had Misa and he had Ryuk. Yeah. Who of the two of them is going to be like, That's hey, right. man, take it down a notch. <laughs> I know. That's He, he needed someone. <laughs> That's the show. That's why. <laughs> he needed Some would say that was L. <laughs> well, there's no foot washing scene in this book. Oh, well, then what's the point? What's the point? There's no foot washing scene in Death Note the movie. What's the point? Don't. There's only a potato chip scene. What's the point? Exactly. Oh my god, no potato chip scene? No potato chip scene, no foot washing scene. I remember when I first started watching Death Note, I was emailing a friend from camp about it. You know, this was back in like 2008, 2009 or whatever. Uh Uh, You know, you emailed your friends if you didn't have them on AIM. Anyway, I emailed her saying I had started it and she, all her response was, oh my God, the potato chips. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? When I first started, so I I read it. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch the anime for a while, but... I was de- like direct messaging back when that's what it was with some dude on some random ass website mm-hmm. that I was on about it. And I had originally, I was reading Scanlations, yes. obviously. Oh, yes. That's so what you do. For the first like chunk, they were like, were using um, instead of light, mm-hmm. they called him Raito. Yeah. Which then I was so confused when they changed to light because this must have been like eighth grade. Yeah. So I was like, I don't understand. Like, why did his name change? And this guy was trying to explain to me, like, <laughs> the no, Japanese, that's just, like, the phonetics, Japanese phonetic yeah. spelling. And I was like, no, I don't like it. Then I just stopped reading it. Oh my gosh. For like a really long time. Yeah. I just remember that camper was so excited for me to get to the potato chip scene. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't remember how far I got actually. Eventually, I read up until freaking Nier shows up, and then I was like, I'm done. Oh, I never got that far. I got we all we there. um we we quit the anime every time yeah. right after yeah. well, uh, well we'll actual actual <laughs> actual spoilers because there's someone after Nier too that I don't remember Mellow Mellow. <laughs> Who even is he? I thought they were at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> I got to when Mir is introduced. I was like, goodbye. <laughs> I think Rosie's the only one that knows. I was like, I don't need to see this child. Nope. I'm done. All right. Where are we? <laughs> god complex. God she has a god complex. It's like, pick who you think deserves to die. And she's like, look, the hikers made the choice to go hiking in bad weather. This guy just made the choice to go to the bank. So he deserves to live more. Okay. And Jacob isn't sure if he's just overwhelmed by the feeling of needing to take back the power or if it's because of O's argument, but he does take the power back from the hiker. Mm -hmm. Um, And after that, he ends up giving it to the hostage in the bank. And what happens is that both the hikers die and the hostage situation ended without any issue. Like, Mm -hmm. he, he... was not put other than actually being a hostage. There was no physical harm tr- done on to him, mm-hmm. so he did not need the power in the end. Yeah, I mean, 
that just feels like not the right call generally. Because it's not like the person in the hostage situation would even know that they're like... No, I, just, what? I would not have assumed that situation would escalate as quickly. I guess it could, but yeah. um, I'm not a hostage negotiator. I don't know why I'm talking like I know. <laughs> I recently talking. watched the episode of Psych where Gus is a hostage in the bank. Um, so I know a thing or two about... I listened to a podcast about uh, Stockholm Syndrome and hostages. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now I'm an expert. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> So Jacob says this incident was bad, but it was not nearly as traumatizing as what happened on Friday. Hmm. This takes us to Thursday at noon. Mm-hmm. O says that her mom is making her look at the public school because the dad is struggling to make payments. Um, so they won't they might not be able to afford the Catholic school for long and then friday is a church holiday so school's closed so milo and jacob are like yeah we'll go to the tour of the public school with you it's a church holiday in october a uh, friday it must be their their saint oh it's holy cross yeah they just said the school's closed for a church holiday on like october, october like 12th or something it, like some random what i don't know it shouldn't be, but it is. A church holiday. I'm Googling it. Okay. October 12th. I don't know exactly if that's... It's somewhere in there. Um, oh, I can tell you what day it is, actually. Liturgical year. Catholicculture.org. Here we go. The recipe of the month of October is... 11th. Friday, uh, the 11th? Oh, no. 12th is Friday. That the was the Thursday. For, uh, Friday, October 12th. No. Well, Catholics... It's not even a feast day. Catholics also didn't invent racquetball. Yeah, it's just not a thing. Yeah, the author didn't fact check. He made that up. Yep. Why are they? Why are they? Why did he set set his book at a Catholic school? I didn't even know what like happens in Catholicism. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, paella is the October recipe of the month from the church. Yeah, paella is a delicious, typical Spanish dish. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the church. Has recipes per month? I'm, uh, okay, listen. I'm on CatholicCulture.org. October, well, this is October 2020 specifically. Overview for the month. <laughs> recipe of the month paella. Oh my god, what is happening? breaking a version of this recipe in honor of Spanish Saint Teresa of Avila, whose feast is October 15th. The activity of the month is sacrifice beets. <laughs> <laughs> you need no. The bees are dying, Mary. No, the the bees. bees. The bees are dying. The bees. The bees are dying, Mary. <laughs> As a child, Therese, Saint Therese, the little flower, had sacrificed beads, which were a small string of beads to help her count the presents she offered to God. Each time she would make a sacrifice, such as letting someone ha- else have their way, Saint Therese would see. Wait, Therese, the little flower, is a French saint. Yeah, and I thought you were talking about the Spanish girl. No, that's that's that is for Saint Teresa <laughs> of Avila. Now you're on Teresa of Lisieux. Her feast day is October fifteenth. Oh, but Teresa of Lisieux is also in October because Shay's wedding day is her feast day. Yes. Well, let's make her some sacrifice beans. <laughs> I don't want to sacrifice the bees. <laughs> no. No. Well, if you sacrifice bees, you can put a bead on your on your bracelet. 
What is this like a teardrop tattoo? No, listen. It's you sacrifice well, a that's bee. That's how it works. Every time she made a sacrifice, she would secretly reach into her pocket and pull a bead. Who is to, she killing? No, she would pull a bead to, to Jesus on the crucifix. Find out more. Who about is she? Who is she killing? I don't know. Literally, the way they have these <laughs> these things in quotation marks is so. If any, I I feel like there are people out there that don't understand our humor, and, and they're like, they're so dumb. Oh, no, listen, the, listen. The, I just as a child, Saint Therese, a little flower, had quote sacrifice beads, which were a small string of beads to help her count the quote presents she offered to God. Tell me, you're not thinking presents as in human sacrifices? Because that's where my mind. Look, this was my confirmation saint. The saint, the little flower? <laughs> yes. I still don't remember who mine is, so you, I'm just choosing to believe it's St. Mary. Mary. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so, anyway, so, Friday is the church, <laughs> church Friday is a fake church holiday. So there, Milo and Jacob are like, we're going to go to the high school with you. Milo, probably because he wants to beat up Ethan and Boone. Um, Jacob is really worried about Ophelia um, because she's changed drastically. She's not the girl he used to know 10 days I ago. I thought you were different. I thought you were like the other girls. <laughs> she's not the, like, cheerful self. Like, she's just fixated on death. And now we're at three days to midnight, Friday, October 12th. And they show up to the public school at the exact same time Ethan and Boone are getting there for class. And a fight erupts. And Jacob chooses to just protect Ophelia the whole time, even though she's not in the fight. So he and Milo just get beat up. And Milo's really upset with Jacob because Jacob is just, like, choosing Ophelia over him. And Jacob's kind of like... Milo feels like he's being pushed aside for this girl that he's barely known and he's like just head over heels so quickly in love with. So Milo's being rational at this point. He's like, dude. He's like, hey, you've literally known her a week. You've known her for 10 days and like look at what fucked up shit she has you doing. Mm -hmm. And Milo warns Jacob that O is dangerous and he says, we got kryptonite. It's prowling all around us. So that's his warning about the power. Every time you say kryptonite, you think of three doors down. I love that song. Episode title. That I already thought about that. Specifically, it's just going to be Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. So Jacob's like, can I... Like, they're having this fight, but Jacob's just like, I really need to borrow your car because Ophelia wants to go to the enchanted forest which i thought was a legitimate forest up until they get there but milo finally concedes he's like do whatever like i'm going home like you can take my car like have fun with your girlfriend she's crazy and weird (laughs) and i thought they were going to like some cool forest but it's like this weird tourist attraction village thing like there's a haunted house they're having churros there's like this english village with like little shops oregon Uh people is this real they made it seem like it was real. Uh, anyone, any listeners from Oregon? Enchanted Forest. The Enchanted Forest, Oregon. It is. It's in Turner, Oregon. Wow. It's temporarily closed. I wonder why. It's an amusement park. Wow. That's yeah. nice. So that's where they are. It has 20 acres of land. Amazing. Yes. Um. And so they go into the haunted house and Ophelia tells Jacob that she loves him, but he's getting really weird vibes from her. Uh-huh. And then she like runs away in the dark of the haunted house and Jacob panics because Ophelia's acting weird and he realizes that she's had the power since this morning and the power hasn't tried to get back to him. Like this is the first time he's given up the power and hasn't had this like need for it to be back in him. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden Boone attacks him with oh. like a 
baseball bat or something like that. Uh-huh. And Ophelia attacks Ethan and looks insane. Like, she's killing him. Uh-huh. But, and Jacob's like, she's off the rocker. So he passes the power to Ethan. Boone is, like, somehow gone already. Like, he's off somewhere. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Um, and so Ophelia is pissed off and upset, like, at Jacob for doing that. So she runs off. And Ethan and Jacob call a truce. And they're like, all right, we're going to stop this bullshit. Jacob's like, I'll make sure Milo and Ophelia, like, calm down and don't do anything if you don't have Boone, like, attack us. And Ethan, after almost being murdered, decides this needs to stop. He doesn't want to play tennis anymore. (laughs) All this for a tennis game. And really all this because Milo jabbed a girl in the stomach with his finger. Yeah. almost ended in murder. That's why I said it had grave consequences for this book. Well, now you know. Don't poke someone in the stomach. (laughs) Don't do it. Jacob goes back to the bookshop to talk to Milo. Uh, Milo's dad is worried because he said Milo seemed really moody. Jacob seems to be moody. And... Ophelia has been coming to the shop on her own looking for some really dark shit. Like, she's, he's concerned about the book she's looking into. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of reminiscent of the weird things that Mr. Fielding was looking into um, throughout the years. And uh, he asks about the box again, but he won't say why, but he makes it seem really important. And he's like, oh, never mind. Like, don't worry about it. I just hope your kids are okay. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, Jacob goes upstairs to Milo's room, and Milo says that O texted him saying she needed space to think things through, but she's safe at home. Mm-hmm. And Jacob tries to make amends with Milo, and they finally get back into their, like, woody repertoire and they're like not great but they're 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 getting there recovering mm-hmm. their friendship and he's like i also can we hang out tomorrow i or tonight or i don't know i've lost track of time <laughs> i need to tell you something that i haven't told anyone and later uh jacob texts oh and she's not happy and she keeps telling him to take the power away from her like take it back mm-hmm. but he's really worried she's going to be totally unhinged and like do something to like kill herself or injure mm-hmm. herself. So he wants he's keeping the power on her so she can't hurt herself. Mm-hmm. And he decides to go refill the Zippo lighter and he discovers there's a key hidden inside. Oh. Yeah. Now we're at 14 hours to midnight. <sighs> hours. We're just at 14 hours to midnight. Milo and Jacob are trying to find or they're trying to figure out why O is most affected by the power. Milo's immediate suggestion, maybe it's because she's a girl. She's a woman. (laughs) Um, And then Milo also brings up the fact that she was the first one Jacob shared the power with. And this makes Jacob wonder um, if when they save a life, they haven't totally taken death away and that there needs to be a balance. Like the death has to go somewhere and maybe they're like messing with the balance of things. And somehow this is affecting Ophelia. And Jacob mentions, like, usually the power, like, it feels dark and deadly. And you used to want to come back to him. And Milo's kind of surprised that a power that saves you feels so deadly and dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jacob mentions that it, now it feels like the power likes being in Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Milo suggests that every time death doesn't find its eternal resting place, it has to go somewhere and maybe... Ophelia is that place because maybe Ophelia wants to be dead. And Jacob's like, don't fucking say about my girlfriend, man. Take it back, you bitch. He's like, calm down, dude. And Jacob's like, you you might be right. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, And so they discuss that, you know, there was a 
natural flow of life and death when Jacob first got the power from Mr. Fielding because he Mr. Fielding passed the power and then right after that he died. Mm-hmm. So there still was that like save a life and someone died balance, but now they've been fucking with the death the death life continuum. Okay. You've heard of the space-time continuum. Now we're in the death life continuum Mm -hmm. and Jacob describes the power like as being like this black line he doesn't know why but he feels like it's like what it is Mm -hmm. and Milo's like well you the if you're the lion's home and when the lion like gets rid of death it's not going to want to leave like death lying in its home it's going to bring it somewhere else so maybe all this death is accumulating in Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of really insightful revelations from some random teen boys. Yeah. It's a miracle they all of a sudden realized all of this yeah. and were putting it together. Yeah. I guess they probably do really well in their philosophy classes. Maybe. We won't know for some time. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> we never get the report card. Well, did you have philosophy classes in high school? It's a it's a Catholic high school. Shay had philosophy, I think, in high school. Oh. I forgot it's Catholic. It's a Catholic. It's Holy Cross. They had a church holiday. Yeah, on a Friday. <laughs> that doesn't... Anyway. No. We already went down that route. We went down that. So, uh, Jacob reveals one of the things that he hasn't told Milo, and it's that Mr. Fielding was, like, a multimillionaire. And he made a deal with the school that if, like, something... his Basically, his will said that is if the... The school lets Jacob live with the priest until he's 18, so he's not stuck back in the horrible foster care system. Then the school will get a $10 million donation from his estate. Wow. And then Miles like, all right, but what are you getting? He's like, um, don't worry about it. I mean, it has a lot of zeros in the number, but yeah, when I'm 18, I'll be okay. <laughs> uh, and so now Jacob has Milo pull over to the spot where the accident happens. And while they're standing in front of this tree where his father died like 10 days or not like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. he reveals that some that like he was the one driving the car because even though he doesn't have his license, I believe this is a quinceanera conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Mr. Fielding would let him drive the car and he was the one driving when the accident happened. So Jacob feels like he killed Mr. Fielding mm-hmm. since he was behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good. Yeah. So that's another revelation. And then their ultimate destination is this tobacco pipe shop that Mr. Fielding owned on the coast. Mm-hmm. And it's that place, like earlier in the book, when Jacob remembered that Mr. Fielding said, go here if anything happens to me, this is the place. Uh-huh. And they find the box that Milo's dad has been looking for. And Jacob's like, okay, we should start driving home now in case we need to find Ophelia. Like, we'll open the box on the way. And Milo goes, hey, how long have you known me? And he's like, oh, I, like eight months. And he's like, all right, how long did you know Mr. Fielding? He's like, oh, like, like a year. Milo's like, have you had any... Like, any friendships and, like, any kind of personal connections, relationships longer than the two of us? (laughs) And Jacob's like, no, because I was in and out of foster care and, like, didn't have a family. And Milo goes, all right, this makes sense for why you're so attached to this girl you've known for 13 days. Yeah, that actually, that's a really good point. Milo, Milo's just, he can be a smart one. Yeah. Yeah, he put it together why this guy's obsessed with a girl he's barely known. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jacob goes, well, it was love at first sight, and I feel like I've known her longer than 13 days. Okay. That's my 13th reason. <laughs> oh, 
I hate that trend. People on TikTok being like, this is my 13th reason. I have not seen that trend. Oh, yeah. Like some, st- It'll be like some stupid thing or like some plot point in a show and they'll be like, this is my 13th reason. And I'm like, can you not? Let's just like not joke about suicide. No, let's not. Uh, so if anyone listening is like, didn't you just do that? It was ironic. It was to point out the fault in the trend. The fault, the fault in our, our stars. Trends. The fault in our trend. The fault in our trend. Our, our new book coming on, uh, coming new out. Podcast. Our new podcast. Wow. Yeah, where we just discuss bad trends. Bad trend. You heard it here first, folks. Patreon exclusive. This is the copyright. <laughs> Someone tries to make this. We have proof. I'm pointing a finger gun at the mic. No violence. So Ophelia calls them while they're in the pipe shop, and she says that there's a child at the bottom of a well who needs the power. He's there. Milo goes, dude, that's a fucking lie. And she's bluffing. Don't do it, because she's, like, just trying to get the power off of her. So Jacob pretends to give the power to this girl in the well, because, mm-hmm. um, like, Ophelia sent, like, a real person in the email, so, like... Because he needs to see their picture instead of knowing their name, as long as he has the visual. Mm-hmm. That's all he needs. Um, what if there's identical twins? They don't address that. They do not. I, maybe they give the name as well. That much I'm not sure about. But I, I feel like they would need to have the name in that case. But anyway, we're not getting into the semantics of this. So Jacob pretends to give the girl the power, and Ophelia freaks out at him. Like, she's unhinged. It's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she hangs up, and they open the box, and it's a journal for Mr. Fielding. He reveals he was born in 1872, Mm. and when he's writing this, it's 1972, and he is writing about a curse passed from one man to another. And we're already getting into another tangent, because whenever they discuss it as, like, this curse from man to man, the curse, I just think of Jujutsu Kaisen, and everyone being like, so-and-so, I'm not cursed them, or I'm not gonna curse you and like all the like the little things i need you to be more specific well nanami says it at, in the shibuya incident oh. and he's like and then there's like uh, there's like a line with gojo and ghetto about love being a curse and then there's this theory oh, yeah. that um that the grandfather's been in the hospital at the beginning uh cursed itadori uh. so like every, this fandom really fixates on like small like s- saying things and that end up becoming a curse onto someone else when mm-hmm. you like intent like kind of not intentions but like we'll go into this later it's real i haven't deep dove enough on it but it's like a really interesting thing in the series interesting that i've i've read some interesting theories but that's not been one of them yeah i'm really not into the grandfather like i don't see the grandfather curse one as being legit i read it and i was like i don't feel this one's right. a bit of a stretch okay where were we i don't know <laughs> Oh, right. Born. So he's writing about a curse passed from one man to another. And this story revolves around him, a not much to do 40-something-year-old man, and Houdini. Oh, my God. In 1926. And he saw Houdini perform in Montreal that year, and he was called to the stage for a trick. Houdini just repeatedly stabs him and does shit that should kill him and he doesn't have a scratch on his body. He doesn't know how. He walked up on stage, thought he was about to die because a man was approaching him with a knife. Mm -hmm. And then Houdini invites him backstage after the show and all he says is, you have it now. He's like, I'm sorry, can you elaborate? And Houdini explains that he passed 
him a power. And it was truly a random decision. Like, he just really picked anyone out of the crowd and was just like, I'm giving this person the power. Um, Why? You, I mean, ultimately, it's because Houdini didn't want this immortal life, but okay. he literally just was like, I'm tired of this power, and he mm-hmm. just picked an audience member for the trick and was like, this is it. Right. And um, Houdini calls the power the Black Lion and explains everything has its opposites, including death and immortality. The power was summoned some time ago by a great magician who wanted immortality, And the Black Lion is immortality with a secret door. Under its watch, a man can live forever, but can end his long and lonely life anytime he wants. And you can pass the power to protect someone else, and then you must go. Houdini says if Mr. Fielding gave him the power back, Houdini would have to kill him. And he'll learn the pain and fear of death, and then he will come back to life. And Mr. Fielding's like, I'm sorry, I will what now? And Houdini warns him that the darkness will descend if he starts passing the power around to save people. A life, there will be a life taken for each life saved. And passing around will curse those you protect. Houdini then gives him the blueprints, otherwise known as the blue plans, for the Isengrim and says that if you make some mistakes, you'll need to contain the damage. A week later, Houdini dies. His last words, quote, and in my dream, I saw a black lion of death coming to take me away. Did you know he was punched in the stomach and that's how he died? What? You didn't know this? I thought he died in a trick. Yeah, like that was supposed to be the trick, I think. I, I remember this very vividly. Ruptured appendix. Yeah, he got punched in the stomach. Wow. And that was supposed to be like the thing was like his a trick that he did was like you could punch him and he wouldn't like get hurt but somebody said like he bungled the trick by not like flexing his muscles quickly enough oh now it's all coming back to me yeah right reportedly his last words were actually i'm tired of fighting yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty sure he he didn't reference a black taking him away take me away (laughs) is this just houdini fan fiction (laughs) yes which i mean my great uncles or whoever were his opening act for some time. Really? Yeah, they were professional jugglers. They were like vaudeville performers. Uh, the Baldwin brothers or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah, That's so... really interesting. So this is, um... I'm in this fanfic somewhere. Do you have the power now? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I can't juggle either. It's truly too bad. Mm-hmm. Never say never. Anyway, Milo realizes that the Isengrim is designed to control repeated deaths and Jacob's like I'm sorry what and Milo goes the all those collected deaths of the people we saved and all those like times we were testing the limits of the power they're in Ophelia so we have to kill her the number of times that someone should have died but the power saved them but this is a problem because we don't know how many times Ophelia tried to kill herself while she's had the power because she's been utterly unhinged mm-hmm. for the past like 24 hours mm-hmm. and so now we cut to seven hours to midnight ophelia is off the rails like they're they convince her to meet up with them at the school or something and she jumps on the hood of the car and like throwing shit breaks the windshield like is attacking them and luckily they managed to drive away um, and Jacob, he calls Father Tim, and he goes, I've realized hell is here on Earth. 
Oh my god. And so now we arrive back to midnight. You remember the midnight I described at the beginning of this book where he was at, staring at it? It was like in a stream state. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what happens. So they go to the bookstore. Ophelia is downstairs using the Isengrim on herself. She's mm-hmm. electrocuting herself. Okay. And so she attacks Jacob because he's trying to get her notebook. And she admits she started the fire in her apartment building. And Jacob's like, hmm, I had a feeling. Yeah. And he tells her that he loves her. And then he takes the power away. So she dies in the eyes and grim. Oh. Um, and they strap her down. And Jacob's worried that they messed this up and she's actually permanently dead. Mm-hmm. But then she wakes up and starts attacking them. And she demands that... She get the power back, and she's calling the murderers. They manage to kill her again. Jacob's hysterically crying. Like, he's an absolute mess. Like, he can't handle anything going on. Milo's, like, pretty okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they kill her 27 more times, because that's how many times she marked in her journal that, um, like, deaths had occurred, mm-hmm. including, like, her, her own attempts. Or, no, sorry, it was 27 times she tried killing herself, and then there's like, a few others that they knew about because mm-hmm. it was their tests or, like, mm-hmm. saving people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad she kept a journal. Yes. And so they just keep killing her in the eyes and grim. And Jacob's really worried, like, what if we got the number wrong? Like, what if we overdo it by, like, one? What if we underdo it? And she's still freaking out and attacking us and, like, basically possessed. But she wakes up and is her normal self and doesn't really know what's going on. (laughs) And then she asks if they can go on their beach date tomorrow. And we cut to a week later. Okay. They had their beach date. She remembers a lot, but not the, like, the trying to kill herself 27 times mm-hmm. and uh, he's adamant that he's never going to pass the power on to someone else like again they're not going to do it she she tries to convince him but she, he's like no mm-hmm. you don't know what we went through <laughs> you don't we are you don't remember shit we know too much <laughs> yeah uh, and he gets all introspective about his now like immortality and now his friends are going to die one day and he's not like going to he's going to you know live forever until some point like what happened with Mr. Fielding happens but then you know spending time with Ophelia has him enjoying the present and he thinks back to his superpower question from the start of the book mm-hmm. what do you think he's decided he wants his superpower to be um super speed <laughs> <laughs> not quite <laughs> not quite at all I think he wants to be the flash <laughs> no you're not in the right direction <laughs> Any other guesses? Um, you know, just being the Hulk. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, you've gone the totally wrong direction. <laughs> it's the power to be able to transfer your pee to anyone else so you never have to need to pee on a car ride. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> That's something people will say at my sleepaway camp whenever we ask that question. <laughs> All he wants is to stay with his friends to the end. The power to never be alone is all a guy like him could ask for. End of book. That was a really weird ending. Yeah. Like, it felt very anticlimactic. Yeah, they just... It is really unsettling reading them kill a girl, like, 30 times in a row. But then it's just like, oh, I'm fine now. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, I did say we were going to dampen the mood. (laughs) I didn't say how. Yeah. It was fucked up. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Um, I really have no final thoughts. My my final thoughts? (laughs) Just go watch Death Note instead. Not the live action. But also, if Ophelia was in Skate the Infinity. (laughs) Oh, my God. Imagine if someone she would from, fight Adam. Well, if she had the power. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Passing the power to like Cherry when he's about to get his head <gasps> fucking smashed in. Oh my god. Spoilers. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Look, if you're upset over Skate the Infinity spoilers, that means you haven't seen it yet. And let me tell you. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. If all you've seen are people posting about it online, it's not accurate. Don't. No. Don't be tricked by the fun dub. Don't be fooled. Um, Yeah. Now I just want to watch Death Note. I want to watch The Princess Bride. And I want to watch Jujutsu Kaisen. And then that's really good. Oh, Jujutsu Kaisen. I I need to see if they... I, I'm waiting for the dub of Formation B to come out. <laughs> Formation B. Um, one of my, I love there's a TikTok that was like Megami was being like, oh, uh, Navara has, uh, I saw Navara on a date. And it's like Gojo being like, oh, yeah, we know. And he's like, don't don't we have to get in, in a formation? He's, and he's like, no. Uh, no, it's just, no, for, it's you. just for you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Formation B. I also like the one where it's like Megami and Gojo, where it's like, are you sexually active? And Megami's like, no. And Gojo's like, fucking nerd. <laughs> I saw one recently, there was a parent student conference for his middle school fights oh with God. Gojo attending. And I was like, no, yeah. you see, the fact that he had no parent is why this happened. <laughs> he had no adult to step in. Gojo would only encourage this behavior. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. It's like I am a showing up to to Yuki's parent teacher com- conversation. Oh, what a good that's a good part of Fruits Basket. Yeah. Now, now we're, we're just, just in, in the, the sad, sad and um pedophilia area. Yeah. If you get through the sad pedophilia, then you get to a good conclusion. You get to the promised land at the end, but... The promised neverland. No. The promised... Let's ne- not discuss the promised neverland. Anime season two. No. I thought it was a masterpiece. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Um. Anyway, any concluding thoughts about this? Um. The Jesuits. Quiet down in the hallway. We're recording a podcast. No respect to this building. Our, our, our upstairs neighbors are so popular. No, they have too many friends. That's why we're, that's why we're moving out. <laughs> we don't want... <laughs> our neighbors are too popular. It makes me feel insecure about my own relationships. <laughs> that's not that. I was going for we don't want to be around popular people because we don't want friends. <laughs> um, Takeaways from this book. It's written by a man. Like, the fact that the Manic Pixie Dream Girl character is named Ophelia. He was like a tragic Shakespearean character, but totally missed, like, tried to make her into a Lady Macbeth that didn't work because Ophelia, as a character, like, Ophelia's whole plot is a dude screws her over. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that she randomly is most affected by this power, like. Oh, they kind of come up with um, a reason for that. Sorry, I skipped that because things get boring in this book. So basically what happened is when... So Mr. Fielding gave Jacob the power and he died. So what should have happened was Jacob... When Jacob first passed the power to Ophelia, the power was like, okay, this is my new home. Because typically what happened is Jacob should have died. But Jacob didn't. So he was like, wait... Is Jacob or is Ophelia my new home? Oh. So that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, she the fact that they named her after Ophelia is just uh I love love uh Hamlet. It's a fantastic piece of not the character, but the, the it's a good play. I've never read Hamlet. What you should do then is you should read Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. It's Hamlet told from the perspective of the two comic relief characters that die in it. And it, so it takes like Shakespeare's longest work and turns it into this like uh, I don't know if it's I want to say it might be a one act but this short comedy I appreciate that but I'm not going to do that fair enough <laughs> <laughs> um other takeaways um what this book was missing Ryuk yeah um there truly, was truly just go read Death Note Death instead Note. I mean damn when we go to Kinokuniya I'm maybe I'll pick up more Death Note yeah I have the first. The and black last. editions are so cool. I have the first and last of the yeah. black editions. Yeah, well, like I gave the, those are a Christmas present for me. I thought one of them was from Rosie. They may have both. I might have been a, a group contributor. I think you got me one and two. Yes. And oh, Rosie yeah. got me the like special. Yes. Yes. Like the it's not yes. the last one in the series. Yes. It's like the yes. like for, how to for read. graduation. I think. Or something like that. It wasn't Christmas like... Christmas It was like something. your birthday or something. Birthday. It was like... Some... It did, the date doesn't matter. Rosie got me that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have the beginning and I have the end. <laughs> but I don't want all the middle because No, I... just the important parts. Yes. I'm, it's going to go like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 13. <laughs> yes. The first... It's probably like four of those You can't really call it the first arc, the first act. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we should probably go watch Survivor now and finish our Haikyuu AU. Well, yeah. not finish, but continue our Haikyuu yeah. AU. Um, yeah. I really just wanted to bring a weird, depressing book back into the podcast because I was sick of the happiness. I think I really ruined the tone like I wanted to. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm reading next time. Oh, I'm going to... <laughs> my If I can get the non-graphic novel version... Of Maximum Ride. <laughs> Maximum Ride. My issue was I forgot the first book in the series wasn't called Maximum Ride, but in the like the they just that's what they call that's, the yeah. graphic novel version. Yeah. So I need to pick up the Angel Experiments. I think I'm gonna read Ferrist. Now that I think about it, I packed up all my books, but I saved like three because I couldn't decide. Well, we're gonna be in the new place unless we record before. Yeah, Saturday. But I don't have a bookshelf yet. Oh, I forgot. Un- yeah, you have to books. unpack. Yeah. I have a th- I made a throne of my book boxes. I mean, I'm probably going to unpack some tomorrow so I can reuse the boxes for other things. But Yes. I have boxes for the kitchen. Anyway, where's the recording? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, follow us on yes. social, on that social at um, Why a Book Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok and Instagram are most uh, used. Twitter is just, you know, Twitter if you want to know when the episode gets released specifically, I guess. Yes. Email us, whybookpodcast at gmail.com. Good night. Goodbye. Forever. You'll never see me again. Okay. (laughs)